The last one is something that I'll say Tony definitely excels at, and that is investing in yourself, investing in education, surrounding yourself, rubbing shoulders with people who are doing this at the top, the highest level. Welcome to the Michigan Short-Term Rentals Podcast, the show about buying, optimizing, and managing short-term rentals in the state of Michigan. Get insights and recommendations from vacation rental operators to help take your property to the next level. Are you ready to profit from your short-term rental? Let's get started. Welcome to the Michigan Short-Term Rentals Podcast. My name is Tony Stancato here with my co-host, Jordan Painter. What's up, man? Yes, sir. August 1st. It's the first of the month, baby. Let's go. How was yeah. your weekend? It was good. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, I had a had a birthday party for my son, 13, which is crazy. Two teenagers. Yeah. Two teenagers. Yeah, we had had a bunch of his buds over at night and then came to my office for the UFC fight. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, we had some birthday celebrations too, except for mine's only turning five, you know, so... Got a, got a little ways to go. Oh my gosh, dude, enjoy it. Yeah, I'll, I'll take uh, five-year-old temper tantrums over teenage problems. Yeah. Days out of 10. Yeah, so today we wanted to talk, do kind of a mid-year check-in on lessons learned this year. So we have seven seven things that are just some, some mid-year lessons. And mid-year lesson number one is I love pools, man. Before this year, we have not managed a property with a pool. And this year we are managing, co-hosting three different properties, all with pools. And we just listed a pool, what was it, two weeks ago? And I mean, that thing just came out of the gate, dude. I don't know if it, I think it was like, hey, there's no inventory of anything, but then it also has a pool. so. I mean, I want to say it's 25,000 in revenue already in two weeks. And I think they've gotten like 13, 14 bookings already. So pretty phenomenal. Yeah, that's awesome. We we have personally been trying to buy a house with a pool since we started pretty much either lakefront or pool. And we've, we've been unsuccessful. And now obviously with uh, representing a lot of clients, we're getting them first crack at them. And, you know, we, we've been a little bit on the fence. I'll be really curious to see how they do. We've passed on several of them for ourselves because we've kind of felt like the privacy issue, a lot of the ones that we found are in neighborhoods and we worry about the noise and the neighbors. One of our clients did buy one in New Buffalo. It's really perfect. It's private and, and out there that would have been one we probably would have leaned more towards. But I'll be very curious to see over the, the summer how those do and if we get complaints from the neighbors with people being too loud but super excited to see that they are successful because maybe at some point we'll be able to acquire one ourselves that has one that now that it's you know we're kind of seeing the the results so yeah the one in new buffalo uh is on four acres and it also has a hot tub so definitely a cool little spot and i think with the hot tub it should do well all the way into the winter and again just in a great location where you can kind of, I don't know, get out and you don't have to worry so much about quiet hours and that kind of stuff. So actually the first guest is checking out here in like 45 minutes at that property. So, so far so good. No real, you know, nothing. They haven't really said too much while they they were there. So I I think it went well, but you're always nervous on that first review. So hopefully it comes in good and Next one checks in, I think tomorrow or yeah, I think tomorrow. So 
So yeah, you, you always know how to get your Tony. Tony's blood pressure is going to skyrocket when several days before the first check-in, the the pool level is down Ooh. a foot green. So that's always an adventure. But sounds like it was yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. On that one, we actually five days I think before check-in the uh, the pool. I go over there um, just to do a, a walkthrough, and the pool is down a foot, and then it looks like. Uh, more like a swamp than it does a pool and I'm like there is no way this is going to be ready you know I first of all you, you have no idea why the water is down a foot right so luckily the, the pool company was super responsive and came over and, and took care of it so got I mean I couldn't believe from one day to the next from going from like swamp to like pristine I want to dive right into this type pool I couldn't believe what they did so yeah Fro frogs not included with a rental so. Yeah. Yeah. So number two, real estate is forgiving. I'm just thinking of a property earlier this year that client bought. It was going to be a flip. Didn't end up getting the price we wanted, but we had a midterm rental across our desk that was going into peak season. So a lot of the other properties that we manage aren't interested in midterm rentals for the summer season. And this was our first insurance rental. So the uh, guest or the tenant had a fire at their primary residence. Now the insurance company is um, looking for a property for them to be able to stay in, preferably fully furnished. And so we got a really good elevated rent rate for that property. And it was supposed to be for like three months. It's going to be it's probably going to be closer to eight months. And again, just getting really good rents. So by the time that lease goes through, the owner should make a pretty good return just in rent and then should be able to relist it. And I think when we list it, we'll be able to say, hey, like, check out the rent. It's gotten over the last eight months, right? I mean, and people will be like, what the heck? You know, it gets that that much money. And I think we'll be able to get closer to the sale price, if not a little bit more than what we had asked for in the spring. Uh, again, spring was like, felt a little bit slower too but right now i mean real estate I, in, in southwest michigan or just in general it seems to be going gangbusters again so yeah it's cranking and that particular property has <clears throat> it's got a few things about it that aren't you know super appealing just the way, way it's set up and as far as the proximity to some of the neighbors and stuff like that and i mean what do you think that would go for normal long term like how much rent would it get yeah, for mm -hmm. a long-term rental? I mean, that particular property, I would say, would be somewhere between like maybe thirteen hundred and sixteen hundred. Yeah, I mean, and we're getting what thirty-one or thirty-five. Thirty, thirty, thirty-three hundred. Thirty-three hundred a month. So, so yeah. you know, over double, well over double what the normal rent would be. So, getting creative for people and trying to find ways to maximize profit. I think that that particular tenant kind of came along. At the same time, they were thinking about accepting an offer, and with what they what they offered, the insurance company offered to pay for that one. It was kind of a no brainer for them. So, yeah, it's incredible if you're you're kind of patient, and you market things the right way, what kind of income you can you can pull. So, absolutely. So yeah, just a reminder: real estate can be very forgiving as long as you kind of have that long term mindset. How many people bought a property and went down in value? Like, think about the worst real estate crash in history, right? 2008. I mean, I guess I don't know if that's in history, but definitely one of the definitely the worst crash in our time. 
and real estate is well above what it was pre 2008 at this particular point. So even if you would have went through the road, the dip out, you, you'd be in a pretty good spot right now. Yeah. A lot of people, a lot of people took a lot of losses during that time that, you know, if they would have just uh, been patient and waited it out, but hindsight's 2020. So you just never know how you never could have known at the time, how, how quickly and how dramatically things were going to change. So number three, we're going to just double and triple down on this one. Yeah. HOAs for short-term rentals. What do you think, Tony? <clears throat> yeah. So we got our first short-term rental that is in an HOA and it just reaffirms when we built out our calculator, we had a very heavily weighted score, negative score, if it's in an HOA. So basically it's almost impossible if you use our calculator to get a passing grade if you're in an HOA because we didn't like HOAs and the one we're managing now just reaffirms that we don't like HOAs. Been a couple issues already with the HOA, but I mean, there's just a lot of rules and regulations with this particular HOA. It's like, hey, the booking has to be well, we have to submit a bunch of paperwork for each booking that comes in and we have to submit it prior, like 10 days in advance, no, no later than 10 days in advance. So if it's, if a booking comes in five days out, you can't, you can't technically rent it to them. Um, garage door, you know, no more than two cars in the, at the, the property and they have to be parked in the garage with the garage door shut. So just a lot of little stuff like that, that just like annoys the, the crap out of me. So you know, and seven day minimum. I mean, and there's a lot of, there's, there's other places that you do a seven day minimum, but just annoys me a little bit. Yeah. I, I feel like people who are attracted to the HOA boards, they're like the, the, the past hall monitor at school that just loves to have control over people and, and yeah. flex their, flex their authority because they suck at life and other areas. <laughs> the, the other problem, you know, one, one of the, the things that, is concerning for us is even if some of them have relatively loose policies, the problem is all it takes is one hall monitor to come in and start trying to change the rules and, and, and add new rules. So we looked at one for a client in South Haven this last year and they were in the process of changing some of the rules and they were going to add on something like an 8% charge to it was eight or ten percent. It was pretty high to the to the owners in order to do it. So they were going to allow it, but then they were going to you know take a big chunk of the money. And when you look at, especially for us, exit strategy is huge in these things, and future value comes into play. And when you talk about what a property is worth, especially when it's an investment property, you're you're able to sell these things for multiples more than you could as a, just a normal house. And if you got people chunking away at your ability to increase the profitability, it can cost you a substantial amount of money when you go to sell it. And those are the things that you just can't control with an HOA. If they change the rules, you know, the townships are already cracking down enough to where that's, that's enough of a wild card to add in another one like an HOA can, can just really be difficult. So unless it's an area, you know, I, I think the only argument to that would be if it's an area, you know, I think of the, what's a place in Missouri you go to? Like Branson. Branson. Some yeah. place in Branson where their economy is structured around, you know, short-term rentals and vacationers. There's some exceptions to that rule where the HOAs are going to be more friendly. But in most areas, especially in Michigan, there's just a lot of potential negatives that can impact the ability to, to produce income. So, 
Yeah. Wow. So, and we and we've uh, seen some people in the group too that have mentioned that they will never the the Michigan Vacation Rentals Facebook group. If you're not in that, make sure you head over there and join that. But we've we've seen some comments in there too where people own uh, vacation rentals in HOAs, and, and I mean they they kind of echo the same same thing of like yeah probably won't ever buy in an HOA again. So. Yep. All right, number four, growth doesn't have to be hard. So, I mean, we were just talking the other day and it's like we did, our July numbers are about equivalent to all of last year's numbers. And I'm not saying it's not hard to get to where we are. It definitely has been quite the journey, but a lot of times when you think about growing a business and stuff, you think about, you know, just sales and marketing, pounding the doors, you know, pounding the pavement, trying to really make stuff happen. And it just seems like it's kind of organically happened a little bit. I mean, there is a little bit of, of going out. You've had some previous relationships with, with people that have become clients, but then even like we've gone to meetups and we've gotten clients from meetups, just like, I don't think we went there to get clients and we got clients. And then, you know, we hire a stager who then ends up buying like three houses super fast, right? And becomes clients that way. So yeah, growth doesn't have to be hard. And I think sometimes when you get in that mindset of where it's like, man, it's going to be hard to grow a business. It's going to be hard to, hard to do that. It can kind of stunt your growth or, you know, prevent you from taking action. So that's just a little something that's been in my mind is, you know, I feel like we've come a long way really fast and there's been a lot of organic growth within that, that that's been pretty cool to see. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, a couple. I, I'd say the one, the one thing that limits your your scale of growth growth is people. It's having the right people in place, and I think also, you know, just taking care of your your clients. And I we've been we've been very careful not to grow so quickly that we can't keep up on the people side. And so we've referred quite a bit out this year. We've turned away quite a few this year that kind turned of turned away a pool a pool house. You know, yeah, we've turned away a lot this year. Just th they don't fall into the, the you know, the target market that we have, and not only because they maybe don't meet the kind of the the projections that we want to see, but also just we we want to we're going to pull something on. It's going to take us away from pr providing a premium experience for someone else if we don't have the people in place. So as we're scaling and finding the right people, we're just being very careful to to grow the the management side, you know, on pace with the people that we find. So. Yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun and it's an adventure and I can't wait to see what next year brings just based on what we've, we've had as far as growth this year. So excited to continue to do that and find the right people. And so I might as well shout out right now. Right now, we, we've, we've got enough people coming in to us seeking our, our guidance on the real estate side of things. We're actually going to be putting some work into finding a buyer's agent. And so if you're listening to this or if you know someone in the Southwest Michigan area, kind of the center of where we're operating right now uh, in that regard is that St. Joseph Stevensville area. You know somebody that is hungry and is excited about short-term rentals in that area that also happens to be a licensed real estate agent, reach out to us. We'd love to have a conversation about that and uh, find the right people and help plug them in to our clients. Absolutely. All right. Number five, higher revenue properties does not equate to more work. You know, I think sometimes it's like, oh, if you're going to manage this really premium product, you think there's going to be a lot of extra effort and it's going to take a lot more bandwidth. And that's just not proven to be the case. And it, sometimes it's almost the opposite. So I would just caution against, you know, 
when we're we have a property that I mean does very well. I mean, it'll do more in one month than most properties will do in an entire year or multiple years, right? And the type of clientele that attracts are, I mean, it blows my mind. Sometimes it's like they check in, check out, like no, no questions asked. Like, I mean, and if there is questions, it's usually a couple, couple quick questions. Now, don't get me wrong. There's been people where it's like they want to know every single detail. But I think that's a little bit more of the outlier than it is the the norm. So yeah, it, it's just mind blowing. And then kind of on sometimes on the lower end stuff, you get a lot more questions, you get a lot more pushback. Like, I don't know if I've really gotten nickel and dimed on the property that, you know, it's gonna be tens of thousands of dollars for the week. Nobody asks for a discount. And then we'll have a property that's like 150 bucks a night, dude. And it's like, hey, can I get, you know, 15, 20% off, you know? And it's like, eh, you know, not, no, because there's not really a lot of meat on the bone anyway, right? So yeah, it, it just blows my mind kind of looking at the opposite ends of the spectrums and which ones are actually harder to manage. Yeah, it's interesting. I think I think there's two two things to comment on there for me is is one is we we really work hard to provide the exact same experience for somebody booking at 150 a night as we do somebody booking at 3000 a night. And so, you know, if, if you're providing this, you're treating everybody the same, obviously the amenities might vary between a 30 K a week property and, a, you know, you know, 150 a night, but it's interesting people paying $30,000 to stay in a house for a week that are happy and easygoing. And it's not as, as much, you know, work as you'd think to keep them happy if you're already providing a premium experience. And yeah, again, the, I'm trying to remember the one that we had at our, our Stevensville two, two bedroom, one bathroom. One guy that was just, he was trying to get discounts. He was upset, all kinds of stuff. And I can't remember what it was, but I remember just thinking like, dude, you, you're never, the, one of the first issues with a property we had and Tony is losing his mind. His blood pressure is through the roof. And I'm like, dude, you're never going to make them happy. Just let it go. Right? You, you yeah. can't always make people happy. And I think that was probably that one person was the lowest, most negative review we ever had. And it was over the silliest, stupidest stuff. I don't remember if, if I don't know if you remember what that was about exactly, but it was ridiculous. Well, so what happened on that one was technically I had just changed the name on one of our properties. So it was too similar to this other one. So when I, when he reached out and inquired about it, I accidentally thought he was talking about a different property. So I was talking as if it's this property and apparently him and his wife started, I was like, Hey, I'm sorry. It's like, I, you know, I, I misspoke. That's sorry. What I said wasn't accurate. Here's, you know, and apparently that started a fight between him and his wife. And I'm like, dude, if that caused you guys to get into a tip, like got more problems than, you know, this property, but yeah, there, I mean, he just, he, he wrote a laundry list of, you know, things that made him unhappy during his stay and all that stuff. And, you know, I, the best thing you can do in that case is, you know, give it a good day or two before you respond, get, get some good space between the event and the response. But yeah, I mean, just again, apologize for, for, you know, the inconveniences and all that and then moved on. But yeah, lowest, lowest, like, yeah, it was not a very big booking and he was pretty uptight. So, but you're going to have that, you know, you're going to have that. And it, I, I think it doesn't matter 
even across like some of the more expensive stuff, if we get a hundred guests in there, you know, we're, we're going to get that person in, in there as well. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So number six, automate. One of the things that we've really been uh, doing this year is kind of looking at what are we continually doing manually? Like, and then looking at that and saying, how can we automate that? How can we stop that? If we're getting a lot of guest questions on certain things, it's like, okay, is there a way? Like just yesterday, right? I think I, I reached out to you and I was like, hey, we're getting a lot of guest questions about, and we already have the information on the listing, but it's like, I don't know if there's just too much content, too much words, or you know, they don't know where it's located on the listing, but it's like, hey, how far to here? How, how far to here? And it's like, okay, it's all right there. Let me go grab it, copy and paste it and, and give it to you. And then one thing that drives me nuts about Airbnb is can't copy it on the, the actual app itself. So you have to pull up Airbnb, the website and, and copy and paste it. But so one thing we did there was, all right, well, let's create a picture or that kind of says all that and we'll include it on the sixth picture. So like number six in the listing, you're going to see, Hey, here's where everything's at, dude, you know, and provide like 15 different things. Like, Hey, here's how far it is South Haven to New Buffalo to the grocery store to, you know, some of the cool events in the area. So like in that instance, can we prevent some of that guest communication? Some of that, not that we don't mind communicating for that stuff, but there is like, we keep getting some of the same things and it's, how can we reduce that a little bit? And then one of the big ones for us, and I know you did it on a kind of small scale, which was still probably super annoying, but it's door locks, right? Door locks, yeah. Yeah, well, now we have, I don't know, man, 20 door locks, 25 door locks, you know? And it's like, dude, setting those things and making sure you have them set and then like going in. And, and luckily, before peak season, we kind of connected to some automation on that. So now it's like, hey, all those door locks are set automatically specific times before and after they they stay so it'll unlock a couple hours early and stay you know active a couple hours after they they leave but now it's like i don't have to worry about i do still double check because i do freak out like hey let's make sure let's do a spot check once in a while make sure that they are indeed set so i'll you know a couple days out of the week i'll still go in and just make sure but that's been a lifesaver and just, you know, we've done it on one set of locks, but then we also have different kind of locks at different places. So just set up the other ones yesterday. So even pushing the automation a little bit further and making sure you don't have to do, you know, that on the other properties as well. Yeah. You know, one of our big things for clients is security. And so if you have one code that you have on a property for multiple stays or multiple years, there's all kinds of people that potentially could have access. We like to switch those codes between each one, uh, each guest. And yeah, our first property that we had, when we originally set it up, I was I was given the task of setting up the key box and I was the only one, we couldn't figure out how to do it again. I was the only one that had access to it. So yeah. Alan would give me this this list of, of stays every month and I'd have to go through and then you, you know, I'm out Friday night and we get a last minute booking and I'm getting text messages to quick set this code. And it, it is, it is a lot of work for one property. So I can't imagine yeah. doing it for 20 or 25 doors or whatever it is that we have now. So yeah, yeah, that's a huge one. So what other, what other automated things would you, you say were, would be worth looking at? Yeah. So some of the other things that we do, so we use a guest communication tool and basically we can have it set up like 
hey, one thing that we get is, hey, can we check in early? So we've set up kind of an automated response where if they ask any time before their stay, it's going to automatically send them a pre-written message that's going to say, hey, thanks for inquiring. Like, it's likely, as long as we don't have any guests checking out that day, it's likely we'll be able to get you in a little bit early, but we really won't know until you know a, a day or two before your arrival so then we put it back on them usually it's like i'll tell them yeah i'll let you know a couple days but then that puts it on me to remember to follow up with them so i just put it back on them and say, hey please please check back 24 to 48 hours before your arrival and we'll we'll know more then so and same with firewood we get a lot of firewood questions so automatically created a fire anybody that mentions firewood it's like hey here's it's not guaranteed that firewood's going to be at the property, but there might there may be. But also, there are plenty of gas stations and roadside places that have firewood nearby. And then I also say, hey, one of the big things is like you're not supposed to transport firewood, so make sure you're not bringing it from your state to our state. And I give them a little blurb about you know not transporting firewood. So automating some of the responses to some of that and then just the guest communication in general like check-in instructions check-out instructions all that i mean that's that's pretty basic stuff but we we automate all that as well yeah yeah so yeah it's 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 a it's a balance of automating enough to where you're efficient and effective but not over automating it where it feels like a robot's on the other end so i think it's a, it's a pretty fine balance but at the end of the day stuff like that and people have answers to the questions they have then they feel like they've been they've been served well so that's that's good yeah and the uh, next one will be the next one will be automating the thermostats you know i think a big one is i mean shoot people love to crank up the heat in the the winter and crank up the ac in the summer and then they they leave and you know it's just i feel like that's a big opportunity to cut down on some costs so one thing that the system that we use for the lock automation, it'll actually connect with the thermostats and then it'll set it just before the, the guest gets there so it can get comfortable for them. And then once their checkout happens, it will go to a different, you know, a different setting so that we can save some money, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. Anything else that's worth mention? I don't think so. Yeah, we'll do a whole new podcast on that with all the tools we use and the resources at some point to to add that value to, to people listening. So I think the other one that we're really seeing this year is as far as that goes is the, the bar continues to be raised higher and higher. And so when when we bought our first one, we've told this story before, but it still cracks me up. When we bought our first vacation rental in the area and we're looking at what is available and what our competition was, one of the ones that stood out to us, first of all, almost none of them had professional photography. Very, very few of them did. Uh, but one of them had had some dude bending over doing gardening work in the in one of the marketing photos. So it's like, man, this is not going to be hard to to look better yeah. than, than that. And so we, we're seeing more and more of these rentals coming on. You know, people are really doing a good job getting them furnished. They're really knocking it out of the park with design. The photos are good. So we're really seeing that bar continue to raise. And so if you're going to get into it, you got to be ready for it. So do that market research, see what the competition's doing. We, in my real estate business, we have a department called the R&D department. It's rip off and duplicate. And so, you know, find something somebody's doing well, rip it off, duplicate it, and make it better. You know, and you just keep improving on those processes and what you're seeing in the market. 
And it's really important to do that if you're going to be getting into the to the game. And if you're already in it, you got to just keep innovating and, and continue to, to make your product better than the, the competition. Yeah. So I think you've, we've, we've talked about it quite a bit, right? Where the, the experience is super important. But I think now more than ever, again, based on the mid-year stuff, like, I mean, two years ago, you could probably take grandma's house with the floral you know, 1970s wallpaper, and maybe it's coming back, I don't know. But, you know, you could take that house and you could list it and everybody's coming out of COVID, you can't travel overseas, and everybody just wants to get out of their their place and go hang out with friends and maybe a a little bit of a, a safer environment. So you could rent out anything, you know what I mean? And nowadays that's just not the case. I mean, you might still be able to get some bookings here in Southwest Michigan because there's not a ton of inventory in July and in August, but you're going to be, you're not going to make enough with that type of product over those month, that month and a half to really, you know, survive in it. So really important. And when it comes to our first class experience, I mean, we've talked about it a million times, decor you know the the design and decor is super important you know our one of our clients is a designer and stager and you can tell and everybody raves about that you know their places and one's a one bed one bath but they keep a little book uh, on hand and i would say 90 percent of the comments in that book are about the design you know and you know, if you got the good photos, it's going to show that good design. And when it comes to a crappy, you know, not updated property or this super well-designed one, you're going to take the well-designed one, man. People want to have a good space to, to hang out in. But then the other thing is just fun stuff. That's the other thing that same couple does well is they always have a ton of fun things. You know, I'm thinking about their pool house. So obviously you got the pool, but then you got the pool table. You got the ping pong, two Nintendo Switches in their property, tons of board games, um, foosball, and air hockey, you know, and plenty of yard games as well, right? So, but they really take that fun in, in all those. The pool is obviously pretty expensive, but all the rest of it you could probably get for three grand or less. So, makes a big difference. And if you, you know, the, the thing is, like Tony said, with with the ones that aren't updated and all that kind of stuff, you're scraping the bottom of the barrel. You're 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 getting you're getting people who want discounts. You're getting people who don't want to pay a mu- bunch of money. Like you you're literally the last one to get booked and the least desirable. And and I, mean, I can tell you right now, like if if my wife is looking for a place like that, like we're just not going. If if that's yeah. what it is, like she's gonna pay a premium to get. Well, something nice and if she can't find it then we're looking somewhere else and so and, you're going to get premium gas if you if you don't have a premium option so you know a lot of times they'll sense blood in the water where it's like hey i noticed your property is still available this weekend and it's like july you know the weekend before july 4th and they're like hey i noticed your property is available can you give me a discount because they're like they know it's not a great product right and then they're they're gonna hey you need me more than I need you at this point, potentially, right? So you're bringing in 35 of their best friends to light off yeah. fireworks in your yard. So let's go. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Last, make sure, last, oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was yeah, just yeah. going to say, yeah, just make sure the, the first class experience again, if you're going to get in it and you're going to half ass it and you're not going to do, you're not going to design it right, you're not going to have 
fun stuff going on, you're better off just not doing it. Maybe finding a different type of asset class or different, you know, long-term rental or even a midterm rental, but you gotta have, it's gotta be fun. It's gotta be, it's gotta be well-designed. And I always talk about, again, hire the right people to do it. You're probably, if you think you're a designer and a stager, you're probably not, you know what I mean? Get somebody that are worth their weight in gold. Um, yeah. Yeah, when you look at the long-term profitability for something that's designed better, I mean, if you could get a, I, I would I would argue it's probably a 15 to 25% bump if you have somebody like the the stager design it versus doing it yourself. That doesn't take long to, to make up for the relatively small cost of just paying a professional, so that's big. The last one is something that I'll say Tony definitely excels at, and that is investing in yourself, investing in education, surrounding yourself, rubbing shoulders with people who are doing this at the top, the highest level. And so, you know, he's, he's constantly going to conferences and, and meetups and different things, different opportunities to, to get around people who are at the top of the game. So, yeah, absolutely. If like, where are you going to get your ideas from? Where are you going to get, you know, I can, I, I look back in one of the biggest things that one thing that's made a big difference for me in a different kind of asset class was like, literally i took a bunch of courses from this guy but then this guy ended up sending me a free email and just this one piece of content in that free email you know again it was education but that one piece of content ended up making me a ton of money because i was like oh that's a good idea let's try that so you have to find people that are doing it at a high level that are doing it well rub shoulders with them get in the same room with them pay them to mentor you or coach you or, or whatever or like hey i'm going down to bill faith's boot camp in a couple weeks right so it'll be a weekend long of just sitting in a room with a couple hundred other people i ended up getting the, the vip ticket so i'll be able to go have dinner with him and avery carl avery carl was she owns the short-term shop and I think one of her episodes on bigger pockets was like one of the highest rated ones. So like they're they're doing it at a high level. I all I need is one one piece of information out of that 2-day seminar and when we're managing 20 to 25 properties, like one piece of information out of there can have a dramatic, you know, impact on our business and our clients business. So you always got to again try to set yourself apart from everybody else. And that's going to be through education, investing in yourself. Investing in yourself is going to be the biggest return on investment that you got. Yep, that's it. Awesome, man. Well, I think that's a wrap for today. Uh, until next time. Thanks for checking out today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you get a chance, please go over to your podcast player of choice. Leave us a review. We appreciate those that have already taken the time to do so. It just helps us get discovered by more people in that platform. And if you're not on the email list yet, go over to michigan-shorttermrentals.com. Get on the email list. You're going to see it right there on the homepage, and you're going to get four very valuable emails. One's going to be a list of 650 zip codes where we've already analyzed a address and have projected revenue for that address. So you can kind of filter those and see which one has the best projections out of those 650 zip codes. And then you're going to get a furnishing calculator. So you'll get a number for how much does it cost to furnish a four bed, two bath with a hot tub and a ping pong table. And you can use that to really project out your return on investment there. And then also a property grading tool. 
So you're going to be able to plug in some information like yard size, number of neighbors, amenities, the cost of the property and the projected revenue, and it's going to kick you out a letter grade. So our properties are letter grade B. So if it's B or an A, it could be a good property to pick up. If it's less than that, you might really want to think about, is it going to be a good property? And make sure you connect with Jordan Painter and Tony Stancato on LinkedIn. Send us a connection request there and we'll make sure we accept it. And we'll talk to you later.